Guess what, fuckers? Micro Gym University is now accepting enrollment. It is ready to go. The link is in my Instagram bio. If you have been watching my content for any period of time and you felt smarter after listening or watching it than you did previously, then you should really look into Micro Gym University. Like, imagine me sitting down with you for seven hours and breaking out the entire sales flow or how to install PT first or spending four hours with me going over your marketing and how you should be running tagging and organic campaigns and then flipping those into lead generation and retargeting campaigns on the back end of Facebook. I've covered everything in there, things that have taken me over 10 years to learn in a format that I believe is ideal for a Micro Gym owner or anyone who wants to get into the industry but doesn't have the knowledge. You've got the hard work, but you don't have that educational experience that I'm able to bring to the table. And you're not going to have to follow any set system. The problem with all these other ones is you got to do this part and it matches up with this part. If you don't do it like this, then it won't work. Fuck that. This course is strictly educational, teaching you different ways to do it. And then you could pick the ones that work for you, what does, what doesn't. You'll have access to me. You'll get a monthly CEO collective call with the other clients I work with where I jam on different topics every month. You'll have access to me to ask questions in video, audio, written word format. If you have questions, hit me up. Link is in the Instagram bio. Micro Gym University, guys. Get fucking enrolled. All right, guys. What is up? It is Stu and is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And I have my good friend Olivia Young, Liv Young, who originally appeared in this podcast. And I was in her Bond Street location of her original box and flow location. And that was like 2017-ish, I think, somewhere around there. Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it must have been. Yeah, it was a hot minute. Um, and I wanted to reconnect with you. I was, uh, you know, keeping an eye on, you know, all the things you've been doing since then. That podcast and interview we had, anytime I need someone who sends me someone's like, hey, I, I really want to, what do you have out there on terms of people who really know their brand and their message and what they do? And I sent them to that podcast I did with you. And I mm-hmm. said, go listen to this chick and tell me she doesn't have this thing figured out A to Z. And um, so I'm real excited to get you back on here and kind of talk about what you've been doing and the evolution of box and flow and all that good stuff. So Liv, for everyone who maybe is not as familiar with you, if you could give everyone the, the quick uh, rap story as to you know who you are and, and how you got to this point uh, with your fitness journey. So thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you again. Uh, it was really fun when we recorded the first time and feels like it was a million light years ago and also not that long. So my name is Olivia Young. I am the founder of Box and Flow. I started Box and Flow in November 2016 purely for the like the need, the want to to give back what I had gotten for so long from the modalities of boxing and yoga or fight and flow. I am a firm believer that um, we're all fighting ourselves ultimately. So it's about finding ease through resistance to really flow through the fight so that we can find some sense of calm in this crazy chaos we call life. And so in the irony of COVID is I feel like I've been training my whole life for this. And what I preach now is what I uh, teach always. So Box and Flow started in November 2016. I had been practicing yoga since I was 15 and boxing since I was 20, basically every day back to back. Boxing gave me strength and confidence and yoga forced me to slow down and feel. And I wanted to create something that gave back what I was getting. My background's originally in food. I went to French culinary school, worked at Food & Wine magazine and with celebrity chefs for seven years and then brought this beast to life, uh, having never taught a class before in the studio that you were in, painted the walls, put bags up, and was like, 
what the fuck I'm here. And, uh, and now we're here. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a, you've got an amazing badass brand. You've developed a, a really strong following and then your, your live young, your personal brand is also very relatable. There's a lot of, uh, there's a big audience there and, and people who just like hearing what you have to say. Um, I'm still on your email list. I still get those newsletters that you send out and those love letter, like, uh, you know, um, blogs, if you will. Um, you know, I love the way you write. I love what you've created. And I was really excited to hear the announcement of the second location. I remember even when we had talked back in 2017, you know, we had talked at the end of that podcast, what's the next step for Box and Flow? And so talk to me a little bit about the second location that, you know, you greenlit that pre-COVID, correct? Yeah, I greenlit it and I opened three weeks before shutdown. So the worst. Yeah. And in a way of like, uh, this is, I'm sitting in it now. It's like the most beautiful dreamlike flagship I could have ever imagined coming from a real bootstrapped background and uh, proof of concept model. And now sitting in this temple that I don't know what I'm going to even do with at this point, uh, eight months in. So will you give everyone an update for those of us, you know, I'm in, I'm blessed to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. My gym it, for all other respective purposes is, is operating back to normal February ish type stuff. And there's places across the country that would kill to fucking have that going on. Talk mm-hmm. to us about what it's like to be a boutique studio in New York city right now. What are the rules? What are the mandates? All that. I mean, there is zero word. So we're like the only business that has not been given any like any forgiveness, if you will. Um, restaurants are now open at 25% capacity inside. Uh, boutique fitness studios are not allowed to open. And some people are getting away with like, uh, you know, supervised classes, but no teaching or private one-on-ones. Mine's a still, even though it's in this big 3000 square foot space, it's a mom and pop shop still. And I have amazing instructors and myself, I teach a lot, uh, but I don't have the budget or the staff to have a ton of a uh, team working constantly without being able to hold, like hold normal classes. And um, it, the financial model doesn't make sense to have like open gym hours with supervised classes unless you're charging, you know, 45, 50 bucks a pop um, to then cover, you know, rent and utilities and a front desk person. So I'm still closed and holding small open gym sessions. Uh, but until I'm allowed to open, I also don't want to spend 4000 more dollars on an HVAC system. Like, if there's too much unknown to continue to invest more money until I know what, what I will be allowed to do and when. 100%. And is your model, you, still, you had a big, like, class pack, a PIF model paid in for. Do you have people on, like, recurring EFT? Um, are, are you still have some people. Are you, are, I see you're still doing some lives. You're still doing some virtual workouts in some capacity. Yeah, it's all yeah. virtual. Yeah, but it's a different membership. And we did, we had, like, a membership model or, like, a drop-in model, very, like, boutique fitness, New York City style. Um, and, and the truth of the matter is, like, the – a large amount of my membership basis is not in New York city right now still. So the city as a whole is it's gotten, it's come back to life since I got back to New York in June, I went home to Florida for three months. Um, and it's come back to life in a certain, uh, in a certain way, but it's still a ghost town as compared to what it was. What was your mindset? So I, that's, that's what I saw. I must've, you know, I saw when things kicked off, 
I saw you. I'm like, oh, should she was she vacationing somewhere and she can't get back into the country? Like, I was like, no. was something going? So essentially, that's where family is. And I, I grew up in Miami Beach, so I literally it. just went home. Yeah. Just went back home. What was that like to be sitting there? And I don't know whether did you guys get any um, compassion and negotiation from your landlord uh, during this time? Uh, I did. I didn't, I wasn't required to pay rent until recently and we're still negotiating what that looks like. I ended up like serendipitously my other studio that you were in Bond Street. I went to go look at my lease to like review terms and came to realize that my lease ended in April, 2020. So it was like perfect timing. Got it. So I let go of that. And at the same time, I opened this beautiful space three weeks before shutdown. So it was open three weeks I shut it down Friday. I left to Florida Saturday. I sent a note to my clients being like, we'll be back in a week. It became two weeks. It became, it's now eight months. So yeah. What, yeah. Uh, what was that like being in Florida? What, what did you do? Because you're a, you are a busy human being. You are constantly moving. You always have a bunch of different pans in the fire. What was that like down being down in Florida with all this chaos and uncertainty going on um, and, and not being able to be there in your brand new shop that's been in your brain for how long? It finally manifested into physical material and then you had yeah. to fucking leave it. Uh, for me, it was, I'm, again, like, I practice what I preach, so this idea of flow through the fight and finding ease through resistance. And I guess, you know, after boxing for, I'm 34, so since I was 20 for 14 years, people ask me often, like, you don't get angry, where's the rage? And it's like, I was angry for so long, and I was boxing every day, that anger was coming from somewhere. For me, I got home and I saw, and you got get my newsletters. I was writing, you know, love in the time of Corona about like reconnecting with my older parents at this time of chaos. But to me, it was really about finding connection through chaos. I was able to connect to my client in a different way via Zoom. I was able to reconnect with my family in a different way in person. Um, I like to really live this cheesy, but I idealistic like life of, um, Class half full, you know, it's like, we're so lucky to have a glass at all. You know, everybody's fucking complaining and I'm, I'm there. I feel it. I feel it more than so many people considering the circumstance of the business and everything else. Like my life is burning in so many iterations. So much shit is burning around me and I'm standing taller than I've ever stood. I feel more confident than I've ever been. I feel more grounded and um, more hopeful, even though like I have nothing to grab onto. And I think that's when you find your most freedom, when there's like literally complete unattachment. I don't know if this studio is going to be here in a month, but I know that like, as long as I have me, I'm good. And I think that's what we have to come back to. Yeah. It's especially when you bootstrap from the beginning. That's the one thing I've always found solace in is no matter what it, there's, you know, money didn't make me so broke can't break me type scenario. Like, you know, worst case fucking scenario, I have to go get a job at a YMCA being a personal trainer. Give me nine months. I'll climb the way up there. I'll run that place, you know, in a year. It's, um, it is nice when you came from bootstrapping it and you know that where you're up here, you know, you can still survive on the, on the lowest end of it, do, doing the most basic bootstrap thing. It, the hard thing, you know, now for, I think for a lot of the studios, especially in New York city, because a lot of the is unknown, but it was knowing where to pivot on the online thing. So talk to me, you guys went to, did you go to like IG lives or zoom lives? Or did you do some kind of go in and shoot a bunch of box and flow workouts and get mitts out to people or they're shadow boxing in their living room? What was your dig? What was the pivot for you guys? Um, from a flew home concert. to Florida. Okay. I flew home to Florida. I had never, 
the whole Instagram thing to me is interesting and it's been an evolution for me too to like see myself and use the stories and talk to the phone or whatever as opposed to static posts. I'd never filmed or done like a live before. I flew home on, it must have been a Saturday. On Tuesday, I had my mother, who I now call, she was like my momager. We figured out how to put the iPad on a high chair that my baby cousin left at my house covered with like a dog carrier to shield it from the sun because I wanted to do it outside. And I taught on IGTV Live and it grew and my social following on Box and Flow grew. And it was more so like, there was no time for me to second guess to tap into any insecurity or doubt. It was just flow through the fight, Olivia. Like, this is what you're here for. This is what you, you've been training your whole life for this shit. And so I did it. And, and then my team followed suit and I transitioned to have a whole schedule. And then at some point we transitioned to paid model Zoom because it was like, this isn't going to be one, two, three, four months. It was like, at some point we had to start, you know, charging and putting a price on a way too low price on, on our product. And, um, you know, I think it's one of those things, again, like ease through resistance and, and I'll circumvent and you mentioned Live Young and the newsletters and my lessons through COVID, whatever else. It comes back to this element of, you know, come through chaos from a place of connecting to yourself. Like Live Young to me, I'm Olivia. I'm not Live, I'm Olivia. Live Young to me is the goal to live young, to love yourself. If you can find confidence in the worst environment, in the most like, uh, unpredictable time, if you can find that place of calm, like whatever you're doing is from here. So it will show up that way. There was no falsehood. I transitioned online. I moved my business to digital. I shut my doors. I, I kept the team that wanted to keep me, the people that wanted to still and, you know, stand with me. And we did what we could and we still are. And along that way, people have come, people have gone, like the amount of, you know, instructors that are all over the place, and everything else, it's, you recognize what matters and what, what, what doesn't. And I, I stopped fighting. You know, I, I, I run, I own, I speak, box and flow, flow through the fight. I don't fight. It's all ease. Because when you start to fight, when, it, when you feel that anxiety and that tension, then it's just like, like it's resistance, it's restriction. It's, that doesn't get you anywhere. There's fight around us as it is. So if you can find peace through that storm, like you're good. With the digital thing, is that do you do you see that as being a fut like a future element of box and flow? Do you think that's something you guys are going to have to bring into, you know, like a micro gym might have some retail, right? Like that's a it's a thing they do, but it's not a huge part of their business, right? It's just enough to appease the customers, right, and have them wrap your shit. Do you see digital as being something that some people are now going to want to hold on to? And is that something you plan on, you know, interweaving into your, uh, your program once you guys do get open? It has to be for a couple of reasons. One, even when New York allows studios to reopen, doesn't mean that people are going to feel comfortable boxing, sweating, breathing on other people. So one, yes. Two, uh, as a positive, another positive to this crazy chaos we're living in now, through IGTV Live and now Zoom, I was able to connect with people as far as like Borneo, Malaysia, all over the world, boxing and flowing. Like those people aren't coming to my studios. And then in, we'll talk about franchise licensing model. Ideally, you know, you gain like, like firm lovers of the brand and they open in Borneo, Malaysia or wherever, Argentina, wherever they are. So digital is not going anywhere. If anywhere, it's getting bigger. And I think that you, you flow through the fight, you embrace the changing uh, elements of 
whatever this world game is called life. Yeah. So I, I want to get, let's go into the license slash franchising route. And uh, so in March, when everything went off, I said, I, I told people I, there's going to be some kind of change here. I don't know what the change COVID wise is going to be, but I do know this in the fitness industry, there's two ways to, to grow your business. You grind it out and you sell and you retain and you sell and you retain and you grow a business and you hire staff and eventually you can step outside of it and it kind of runs itself for a degree. But in the micro gym, like what we create, Boutique Fitness, you're just one or two, maybe three employees away from them moving, getting fired or quitting from being right back into the business just where you were. We all know HR is the hardest part of a business as it starts to mature and finding good people. So there's that traditional route we mostly all go. And then there's what we call the OPM route, other people's money, where you you license and franchise or franchise your model and other people have bought into this brand and this system you've created and they either in a licensed model, I want uh, the brand and I want the element, but I want to run it kind of a little bit more my way in a franchise model. Um, I want you to tell me how to do it end to end. Right. So uh, for you was licensing and, and which one are you doing? Are you doing a franchise or a license? Sort of a hybrid. hybrid? Okay. <laughs> it's sort of a hybrid because it's not it's not a full on franchise, mm -hmm. but it's a little more hands on than a license because it's like new, and yeah. I want my people to succeed, and it's sure. you become a, a carrier of my brand, uh, and for that it's still personal, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's not as in-depth as the incredible work that goes into a full-fledged franchise. Yeah. I, so I, and once I, I kind of, in March, I did that. I started just interviewing anyone, everyone. I even got the Halo Talks guys. I know you know Pete and those guys over there and started talking mm -hmm. to people about the, the difference legally in the States with franchise and license. And there's, it's obviously you know, the franchise is an FTC regulated thing and they want their cut of their money and it's different in every state and licensing there, you know, United States is the most strict. If they think you're a license and you get a bunch of shops and they think you're telling them how to operate the business, you might have a few lawyers knocking on your door. It's a, it's a great line. Like I'm sure, you know, with your research. So with your version of it's probably going to be, um, and the ease of access for you to get it up and running licensing is probably the fastest kind of route, not having to go, you know, um, FDD docs and things like that. Was that something you had planned? I mean, I'm doing, I did all the FDD, did you? Okay. FDD docs. Yeah. yeah. Because like at the same time there, you know, there's legality here and I'm not looking to get fined because 100%. there's no money to find. So, yeah. yeah. So um, for everyone listening, FDD docs are your franchise disclosure documents. It's like a 26 point system. I think it is where you have to go and disclose a bunch of information and, and all this other stuff with you. Was this concept of, you know, what I call the other people's money model of growing the brand. Was that thought of pre-COVID or, or is it just like a little baby idea? And then COVID, it was like, well, fuck, I, I, I'm at the height of my brand awareness right now, I think. Could I extend the brand without having to me do it myself, without Olivia having to go and open up and stamp more stores through New York or wherever it may be? So when I started Boxing Flow, I didn't even realize I was opening a gym. To me, it was, a, it was an idea. It was words on a piece of paper. As I said, I never taught a class before, but I was so so drawn to the messaging that I would teach myself. So I never wanted to be in the real estate business. I, I was dating a guy at the time and he's like, you know that you're opening a gym, right? And I'm like, no, it's a feeling. And he's like, you have to open the doors, Olivia. Like you have to, and these are things I didn't think about and it sounds so crazy, but like I never saw myself as going in the gym business. I saw myself as going in the people business, the feeling business, the inspiration business. Like when I speak to what Box and Flow is, Box and Flow is inspiration and empowerment through energy, breath, movement and music. None of that says gym, right? 
So that was something I really like dug deep in when I opened. With that said, never wanted to be in the real estate business, but part of me like sharing my message was putting it in four walls. So franchising was always in the back of my head, but then it was like, oh my God, how could I give my brand to somebody else? What if they tarnish the brand? You know, it's all this internal struggle, fight, if you will. But we danced together and COVID happened and it just revisited and uh, it made sense. It makes sense. And it makes sense because the way that my brand is going to grow organically, because I'm not going to open more studio. Like that's just not what I'm going to do what my purpose in life is, is to speak, is to teach, is to lead beyond four walls and beyond a leotard. I'm like sitting in a sweaty, like, you know, whatever. Um, so the people that will extend this brand are the people that have connected to this brand from all over the world. And that is so clearly a franchise model. Okay. So with that, and I, I love that, I think a lot of established brands are going to be able to do that. Established brands that p- other people are looking at and saying, I want to get into the fitness industry and I just, this brand, I love it. I can connect with or current customers of the, of the, of the product and brand who are opportunistic and entrepreneurial in nature as well. With that, talk to me a little bit. Are you guys currently accepting license models? Um, you know, a lot of the people listening to this podcast are in that trainer. I don't know if I want to open something and there, a lot of people, the messages I get are kind of like, I, I don't know if I want to start my own thing. Like, I, I can't think of a brand. I cannot put into words what Olivia has done and put in the words of Box Flow. But oh my God, I went and took a class there and that thing's amazing. How does someone get started with a license model if they want to do a Box and Flow? Email me. <laughs> Info at boxandflow.com. Yeah. And I think just as you said, like, if, if anything, it's like brand training program. And because it has become a digital world. All of the training is online. Like this is, it's, it's so packaged um, that it, it's, it's digestible and it is for that person who wants to own their own thing, but um, trust themselves and knows themselves enough that they might not have the idea and has no eager around that. Like yeah. I started something to share a message. If you relate to this message, you take this class. If you take this class, you might want to teach this class. Then you might want to own a studio. And for that, I am grateful that you're that open to possibility. So talk, So you guys are already packaged, ready to go. Like literally someone emails you tomorrow. You guys can start if they're the right at beginning that application process. If you, I mean, don't mind sharing, what are the unit economics of this? Like if someone's listening, like, what is it like, you know, in Orange Theory, you need to have $350,000 liquid in a bank. So I think what a lot of people hear franchise, they're like, fuck it. I'm not even, I'm not even up for it. Licensing generally comes with a much lower price tag. I had uh, board 30 um, on and they've, they've got a license price tag of, of $30,000, which compared mm-hmm. to Orange Theory's 350, that's a world of difference. Totally. So I'm closer to board. Okay. Um, closer to board and also, um, something like orange theory, it requires a ton of equipment. As I said, like even I bootstrapped my first studio, it's small, it was a small footprint and I painted the walls, put bags up and had yoga mats and light weights. There's no, there's no real equipment for this except boxing bags, which aren't expensive. So there's a very, very minor build out and the licensing model is much cheaper around what you yeah. said for board 30, not, not exactly what around there. Yeah. What, and here's one I've been asking everyone who's going the license route is, you know, nobody, myself, not, none of us are pandemic COVID experts in how to run a fitness business in this time. And even my model, Urban Movement here in Charlotte, we've been, we were, were working on the franchise route and then we cut, stopped that instantly once COVID happened because it's just too, there's no way. 
But mm. now considering a license thing, I have to also start thinking to myself, I'm going to have a licensee come to me and say, Stu, but what happened? Like, how do I run this thing when I'm not supposed to be open? Like, what kind of, are you guys trying to COVID or future shutdown proof the model? Or are we hoping that, hey, because I've been in your space, like, hey, it's, we're hoping one day we're going to go back to closer knit classes, the sweaty, the breathy, the sexiness on there. Or are we planning on having the COVID proof or social distance proof of fitness model that in New York city, 3000 square feet is certainly not cheap. And that's a lot of square footage. I mean, your last location was what? 1200 square feet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what, when you think of for these future licensees and the box and flows of the future, do you think of COVID proofing it with social distancing and spacing? Or are we hoping that life gets back to that scenario? Like what you had previously? I mean, truth is, I don't know that I planned of like changing the model. Not, I mean, I planned on changing my own model, but the licensing model, I don't know, because I'm not licensing to somebody in New York City, I, I don't think, you know, so it's more so outside, um, outside. But, you know, that's a great question that I haven't considered. I think the hope is that life becomes back to normal, comes back to normal when there is a vaccine. Nobody in my mind, I have people that are courting the idea of a license, but like the world is still shut down. So people are interested in things are happening and there, there's definitely movement in the space, but it's not like, it's not real movement. It's just tiptoeing. So, um, the model can COVID proof itself. You know, you change the model, you put more space between bags that nobody wants to buy that model. That's not ideal. Yeah. And uh, you know, the way I look at it and, and so I'm in Charlotte, right. And we're, like I say, besides wearing masks formally inside of a location, then taking it off the second you get in for the most part, everything is pretty much back to normal. And from what I've seen, I mean, it, it, it reminds like I've got a full liquor bar stocked right here and I can make my own Manhattan, but when I want to hear a jazz band or I want to go to my favorite Irish pub, I still go there. Maslow's hierarchy, in my opinion, is still going to win out. Brick and mortar mm. fitness is not dead. There will be a lot of death in brick and mortar fitness. And not sure. every, not everybody's going to die. And the ones that survive will add on. They'll become a little bit more of a Swiss army knife. They'll have that extra digital offering. They will pivot and move with state or court, you know, uh, ordinances until everyone goes Florida's route, which that'll be the first Petri dish to kind of test out what happens when everything opens back up. Is everything going to be okay? Or are they going to have to take two steps back? And I think it's just, you know, everyone's still eight, nine months in, still sitting back and just kind of looking at different cities that are handling it different ways and states and just um, trying to figure the whole thing out. For, for you right now, what are your days like? Is your, are your days, obviously, you know, you're, you're doing the online instructing and all that. Are you working? You have the license model. But I know, I remember talking to you last time and you're, you know, you would, you described to me your, your day to day and it was crazy hectic, but with the studio mm -hmm. not being open, I got to imagine, are you having a hard time filling that time? What are you doing these days? So funny. I always say you're either fueling your life or you're filling your time. And I think for so long I was filling my time from 5am till 9pm, be it with work or working out or eating out or cocktails or dates or whatever it is. And I think Again, I feel it's such a place of peace just personally that I don't need to fill the empty space. So, you know, I, I for so long was pushing so hard to like an inconceivable finish line when like there isn't a finish line. It's a marathon. It's a journey. And I, uh, what am I doing? I still am busy. I'm working on new projects. We spoke a bit at the beginning, like this brand, Live Young. To me, that's purpose. That's 
writing, that's speaking, writing a book, launching my own podcast about, you know, the doors of my studio say everything you need is inside. It's really about, you know, all of this interconnectedness and speaking to people about their journeys, how they flow through the fight to overcome their own obstacles and ideally get back to themselves. So that to me is inspiration. That's my dharma. That's my purpose. I'm training to be a life coach because again, to take it out of this space and really coach um, without the physical element to me again is my purpose. So um, I feel like I'm doing the things that I've always wanted to do in a way that feels right and not forced. It's not filling time. It's just like feeling what is. Um, And again, unattached. Like, I don't know what this space is going to be. I know that it serves purpose. I know that Box and Flow has the greatest purpose. I know that I do as well, you know, as I sit here and speak to you. Um, And at the same time, I don't get bogged down with the environmental pressures of what I can't control. And I know that sounds so woo-woo, but it's real. It's real. I'm sitting in a city where right outside the door, there was a man yesterday from 11.30 a.m. till 3.30 p.m. just scavenging through garbage bags. There's a methadone clinic across the way. The amount of track marks I've seen and needles on the street. It's like a New York that is unrecognizable. And I'm not going to lose my mind in all that. I'm going to keep on keeping on doing uh, what serves me and what serves the greater good. And I think the greater good now more than ever needs calm. So that's how I'll show up. Olivia, I love it. Listen, I, uh, I wish you nothing but the best uh, in the, the fight that you're in up there. I hope you guys are making progress on getting yourself back open. Um, for anyone that's listening, again, one more time, if they, if they are interested in, in learning more about the license program or things like that, what's the best way for them to contact you? So just email me. You can email me directly. Live, L-I-V at boxandflow.com. Um, and like, let's chat. And there's digital classes, Zoom classes. I, my blog is liveyoung.co, all things vulnerable and feelings and stories that you, I can guarantee you will connect to something there. It's uh, for anyone listening, I, and everyone knows it perceives me to be much of a hard ass. It is phenomenal. Your writing is phenomenal. I can't wait for you to get, you. how do you not have a podcast yet? When you said this, like, what the fuck? She doesn't have a podcast yet? You know, that is the best question. And, uh, to more to come. And I'm going to put you in the hot seat and we're going to talk about way more than fitness. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. I would, it would be my honor to interview you. Absolutely. I appreciate okay. that. I will definitely do it. Hopefully it'll be on site at the, the new box full location and we could have it over a beer in person. Thank you very much. Olivia. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to see you. Absolutely.